Welcome to the From Here to There podcast. Um, well, this is a podcast that's about discipleship, about growth, about uh, allowing uh, Jesus Christ to change our lives. And uh, what we're doing uh, right now is we're just doing follow-ups to the message from Sunday. And uh, this last Sunday, uh, we talked um, on this series called Filtered um, on this idea of worldview, how we see the world. And, uh, you know, one of the games that I played when I was uh, a kid, and I still it's still around and I may still play it, it was Trivia Pursuit. Um, Trivia Pursuit was this game where you had this uh, basically circle and little um, little game pieces and little pieces of pie, and you go around at answering questions. It was basically a trivia game. And so, again, the questions were hard. Um, the questions were, like, from the 70s, like, what what actress played um, this part in this movie that I've never heard of? And I just remember as a kid thinking through, I'd never even heard of these things. I went to the sports category almost every time. And even then I didn't know half the answers because a part of it was on alcohol things and that sort of thing. And and yet it's it's a game on questions. Um, Can you answer the question correctly? And then they have this thing, um, this game show on TV called Jeopardy, and uh, everyone should know about Jeopardy. It's uh, they give you an an uh, they give you a answer, and you're supposed to come up with a question. Um, and so you, it's been around for years. And you, if you ever watch the show, um, I don't know how well you do. Some of you probably do better than I do, but your whole goal is to really answer questions. What information do you know? And so worldview, um, if you want to strip it down to its basis, is really answering the big questions and even the small questions of life. Um, the questions of why are we here? Um, did we just happen by accident? Were we created by God? Were we, um, what, what creation account is correct? Um, another question of not just why we are here, but then what were we made for? What, why do we exist? What, what's the purpose of our life? You know, what are we supposed to pursue? pursue? And again, is it, is it nothing? Is it to be a good person? Is it to have um, leave a mark here on this planet? Is it to um, be happy? Um, it, uh, they call that hedonism. Is it, what, is the, what are we pursuing? What is it that we were made for? And another question um, is morality. What is right and what is wrong? How do we how do we determine what's right and right what's wrong? Do we is there um, what's what the law says? What the Bible says? Um, what each of us say? Uh, what a certain religion says? Um, how do we dis- determine if something is good and evil, right and wrong? Um, another question is why why is there so much junk in our world? Why are bad things happening to us? Well, what is the cause of death? What is the cause of um, emotional pain. Um, why, why do relationships fall apart? Why, why do we struggle? Why do people hurt? Why do, um, and we have all these, these questions of why, um, these things happen. Um, another, another question could be what happens after we die? What, what is the worldview? How do we have a lens of what, what we were created for, for eternity? Is there an eternity? Is this all there is? Do we just live for today or is there a tomorrow? What does that eternity look like? Is that um, going to be um, purgatory, um, kind of a halfway place? Is it is it heaven? Is it hell? Is it something else um, altogether? Is it reincarnation? Um, and there's multiple, again, there's multiple views of what that looks like. And so what 
um, worldview does, biblical worldview does, is it tries to look through the lens of Scripture and says, this is the lens through which God wants us to see every one of those questions. And it goes beyond that. Um, worldview also deals with everything, everything else that's happening in our world. It explains, it's almost like an explanation. It's a map of what's happening, why it's happening, for how do we walk through what's happening. You know, we, we can talk about politics right now and how the Bible talks very deeply about um, issues of of politics and how a, a follower of Christ is supposed to live in these times. Um, it talks about viruses and, and other pestilence and other um, droughts and, and, and just when there's things happening in our world that are very tough and, and cause death. We, we, racism is mentioned over and over in scripture and, and really how Jesus came to deal with racism, um, school and education. Some people are wrestling through um, what is going to happen this fall. And and really, um, if we can look at this through the lens of maybe scripture, it gives us some, some ways to um, relieve anxiety possibly or to look at it from a different lens. Um, another one is, is basically just anxiety and worry. Maybe we are um, carrying around with us a lot of just um, internal strife of like, wow, this is hard. This is, you're getting ramped up about things. And, and the lens of scripture actually allows us, if we're looking through that lens, allows us to find peace. And so our anxiety is solved by the biblical worldview. Financially, the Bible talks um, more about money than almost any other topic. And so, yes, money is important. Money is, is about our values and what we are pursuing. And so there is a worldview, a biblical worldview of finances. How does God want us to use our finances in Scripture? And you can choose that worldview or you can do a different worldview where, where you use it differently. But, but the Bible clearly talks about um, finances. How about your job and how are you supposed to work? You know, sometimes we just we put... Um, things in categories. We have the the God category, the Sunday category, and then we have our our life category. You know, kind of we separate it out into time slots. It's like your Google calendar or whatever you use is like, all right, here's my God time and here's my personal time and here's my family time. We don't intersperse it. And job, family, um, everything is is part of what God's design is. And, and he's like, I want to be part of every piece. And so there is a worldview to, to all those pieces of like, God wants to be involved in it. Raising kids. Um, there's a view. There's a way of looking at raising kids that is biblical. And there are other ones that are, are maybe 90% truth and other ones that are just not necessarily true. And, and part of that raising kids is what we want them to pursue, what, what we're trying to um, put in them. And so we have all these different kinds of um, topics or areas where worldview comes into play. And so the, the question becomes, how do we develop a biblical worldview. Let me just give you some some scriptures just to wrestle with a little bit to think about. Um, this idea of worldview is actually um, somewhat mentioned in scripture. He, he talks about eyesight, seeing. And here, here's one. It's, it's mentioned in the Old Testament in Isaiah 6. And then Jesus talks about it in Matthew 13 in, a, in the parable. It says, though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear. Otherwise, I would, Otherwise, they would turn and they would be healed. Those seeing, they do not see. See, whenever you see this idea of eyesight um, or light or truth, you're really, in some ways, talking about biblical worldview. Um, it, it, it's a way for the Bible to talk, hey, this is how we're supposed to see things. And, and he says um, that 
there's a, so many people, even follower people who somewhat follow Jesus Christ, whose worldview, the lens through which they're working, work, seeing the world is not working. Uh, there's a story that Jesus tells, or actually Jesus, do, he actually does this story. And it's an amazing um, uh, just lesson for us as people developing a biblical worldview. He, ta- he comes to this person who's blind, hasn't seen for a while, and he touches him. And he is healed, but he's only healed halfway. It says that he looks and he sees people and they look like trees. It's like a half healing. And now we could say, well, Jesus just didn't have it in him that day, but that doesn't seem like very theological. (laughs) Jesus is is all powerful. And so I would say that Jesus was trying to teach something. And so what Jesus did is he came again the second time and he healed him again. This time he saw perfectly. And And if you read the context of the story of, People who are coming to Jesus and they don't see Jesus correctly. They don't see it through the right lens. That they're the, those seeing they don't see, though hearing they don't hear. They they like half see. They're half seeing, it, and they're they're only seeing an outline of it. And he's like, I want you to, I want you to see completely. And so we have all these these um, scriptures on eyesight. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We our lens. The way we see things is through the eyes of Jesus. We walk by faith, not by sight. You know, we, we have this lens of faith. We have this lens of this is how we're going to do life. And we're not going to we're not going to walk through it um, by just what we see. We, we want to walk with, through it with our trust in Jesus Christ. By the way, um, just a side note, psychology and sociology is a way for our world to talk about worldview. Psychology is just how do we understand how we work, and so there and there's multiple views of that, and it, and it's progressed over time. You have Freud, and you have other main um, philosophy people, and philosophy is another way of looking at worldview. And there's a bunch of different philosophies, and so our world has been. It's not just us as followers of Jesus Christ who wrestle with these big questions. It's it's almost like everyone wrestles with these questions, and they all are developing a map to understand how they see things. And so psychology is answering, how, how do we look at who we are? How, how do we look at our brokenness? Why do people do the things they do? Why do people do the things they do even though they know it's not the right thing to do? Why why do people, um, what is the woundedness caused? Are we, are we um, nature versus nurture? Are we, how does family tie into that genetics? And so there's all these questions with psychology that traces. And then so it's a view of people. Sociology is a view of interpersonal relationships. And so when you're looking at sociology, you're looking at how do relationships form? How do relationships um, work? How do, why do relationships break down? Why is there divorce? Why? And there, there's a worldview to that. So how do we develop biblical worldview? Um, and there's a lot of things I can say to that. There's a lot of way, and I, and there's a lot of topics we can talk about with this idea of worldview. In fact, I think if we really would take any topic that's happening in the world, any news article that's happening in our world, we should um, kind of let it filter through. You know how like coffee filters work? It, it takes the coffee, leaves the grounds in there, but it takes. We need to let um, the Bible and Jesus filter our view. So that we can see correctly, because maybe it starts with this: we have to admit that we are finite beings and we don't see correctly. Whether it's me as a pastor, 
Um, you, as arrogant as our world is, as, as, as more knowledge that we've ever had, as educated and, and the number of doctorates people can have, that there none of us see correctly because we're inside the system. We're inside it, and we can't really have a firm view of it from where we're sitting. And so an ant can't see the whole deal. Um, it only sees its little part. And so we have to start with the, the, the beginning point of saying, we may not see this correctly, and yet we want to see it correctly. And so then we start entering into the story of Scripture. And I, would, I will tell you, a lot of people have lost their faith because they have had an incorrect view of who God is and what he's doing. And so it wasn't like well, this way. If, if you believe that if you um, follow God and that he's going to make you ha- happy, um, wealthy, and everything's going to turn, um, he's like your golden genie. And then when things don't work out that way, you're going to throw God away because it didn't fit your worldview. He didn't make you wealthy, so throw God away. Well, God, if you look through the biblical worldview lens, he doesn't promise prosperity. He doesn't promise like like more money. He doesn't promise that life is going to be easy. In fact, he, if you read scripture, it's really the biblical worldview is in this life you'll have trouble. And he talks about all the, 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 the ways that trouble are going to happen and that we have an eternity. And so let me just give you a, a few things that uh, we didn't talk about yesterday. Um, in the message, you can you can grab the message, but um, some lenses you may need to think through as you continually build a worldview. No, number one is this: that there is a sense of eternity in us, and we need to see life through this lens of eternity with Him. I mean, like he, Paul and Jesus are talking a lot of times about the shortness of this life that we are. Um, just grass here. We're, we're just, you know, we have 72 years. Um, it's going to come in and go. But there is an eternity waiting for us. That that our moment right now in this life is a dot. And there is a long line that is prepared for us. So don't live for the dot, the scripture would say. Live for eternity. Have, have eternity in view. Have this that this is a light and momentary trouble. That th- these these times are not we're, we're foreigners and aliens here. We're not. This is not our permanent home. That God is preparing a place for us. We're just passing through. We're we're on we're on a job assignment. We're we are on a business trip, and this is a short term place. And that we are going to get to our long term place someday. And so we always keep in the in our lens, our our focus on what's coming next, on on our eternity. In fact, in, if you read Hebrews 11, you'll see that um, even the Old Testament, they were looking to the city that was prepared for them. They ne- A lot of them, it says, they never really received their promises, but they, they knew that they were going to receive them in the next life. So we look through the lens of eternity, not just right now. Um, we also look through the lens of grace, that we have received these gifts that we don't deserve. And so what you'll see in the New Testament especially is that all the things that we're asked to do is always through the lens of grace. Let me explain it to you this way. Um, Romans 12 once says, therefore, in view, uh, in view of God's mercy, all right, because of what God's done for us, because of grace, he says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Because of what grace has done, 
give all that you have to him. And that's a don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be changed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. He says, because of grace, because of the lens of grace, because he's done so much for us, because he's given us so much, give your whole life to him. Respond. Here's another way of looking at this lens of grace. He says, forgive as I have forgiven you through the lens of grace. You have been forgiven much, therefore we need to forgive much. Um, submit to one another as you have submit to Christ. You know, it's it's this, do um, live a life worthy of the gospel you have received. There is a lens there. There is a view of we have received so much, therefore we need to look through all of life through that lens of these undeserved gifts that are going to be an inheritance that's um, waiting for us and this hope that we have and and that we get to live life differently here because of grace. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. He has given it to us and now we get to enjoy it and now we live our life in response to that in every area of relationships, of our work. Um, he says, work as you would work toward to Christ. Whatever you do, whether word and deed, do it all for the glory of God. Do it for that view. So your work has value. Um, your relationships are transformed by your, um, uh, like he, he tells husbands, husbands, love your wife as Christ has loved the church and really has loved you. Love in that way. And so everything really um, that I, a lot of things that you see in the New Testament are stripped back to what has Christ done for you and just live that way. Live in grace. Um, here, here's another um, view um, live through a lens that you are put here with purpose, that you are walking today with the people around you, um, with God having a mission for you in those moments. L- live with eyes wide open. Don't miss opportunities. He says, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Um, walk through life knowing that you are put in a location, not just to survive it, but for mission, that, that you have a calling right where you are, that you have something that he may want you to do, that the Holy Spirit may speak to you and say, hey, I want you to step in here. I want you to serve here. I want you to say this this thing to this person. We look through the lens, through that lens, that we are ambassadors for Christ, as Pastor John said. We are we are his workmanship created to do good works. We are the light of the world. You hear, have all these lenses of who you are designed to be right now is that although eternity is waiting for us right now, we are light. We are on mission. We may be rejected for it. We may be weird because of it, but everything, the things that we do, we do for that mission and what he's called us to. Let's, let's change gears a a little bit and uh, let's just take one um, lens one um, topic um, that you may be uh, wrestling with um, and just kind of maybe walk through through that. And you can do this with almost any topic. You, you take it and you're like, all right, what does the Bible say about dot, dot, dot? And um, what what is what is the storyline in those things? What is the, um, how do we um, kind of see it through that lens? And so let's let's just talk. talk, It's it's a hot topic issue, and I know it may make some of you uh, frustrated. Let's just talk politics. 
how do we walk politics in this time? Um, what, what are some lenses? I'm not going to, again, I'm not telling you who to vote for or what, um, wh- what party to be part of. What I really want to talk about in, in this, this lens of politics is how do we see a nation, a political party? How do we look at that? And so let me just start with saying that the Old Testament paints every kingdom. So there was some great kingdom. If you're a histor- history person, you know that Egypt was an incredible nation, Babylon, world empire, Roman empire, and that all these empires have come and gone. That they, kings that were great, um, uh, commanders, generals, all powerful have come and gone. Nebuchadnezzar and, and Daniel, um, these, these people that are in world history have come and they have gone and yet God still stands. So one of the ways that we need to look at what's happening in our world politically is understanding that God is sovereign and our nation is underneath that sovereignty that it will it may rise and it may fall but god stands from the same that he still holds it nations are in uproar but be still and know that i am god all right that 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 god has a way of humbling god has a way of using nations um evil and good to to challenge to transform the nation of israel in the old testament um that we look at god as being greater than any politics. He has it all. Although we can be frustrated with what's happening, that uh, he holds it. Here's, a, here's another verse that we have to wrestle with. Um, give to Caesar what is Caesar and give to God what is God's. Now that comes in the context of someone asking him a trick question. He's, he says, um, should we pay the taxes to Caesar or not? Because Caesar, the, the Roman Empire was a wicked empire. It was, it was you know, they crucified people, obviously. They, they had... Um, all sorts of bigotry and racism involved. They they would rob from people. The soldiers could take whatever they want from anybody at any time. And so there was there was serious problems with the morality and of the Roman Empire. And they're they're trying to trick Jesus and trying to get him arrested by saying, "All right, Jesus, do you believe that we should pay taxes to this wicked nation?" And so what Jesus says is he changes. It says, "Give to Caesar what is Caesar." Um, in some ways, maybe today it's like. Listen, you, you owe taxes, pay taxes, give to God what is God's. And so he's, he almost is teaching us to be good stewards of what we have here. Um, there, there are responsibilities to be, uh, being a citizen of the United States. Voting is one of them. Um, taxes is, is, is one thing that's, that we have to pay. And so don't. Give to them what you give to them, but also know that that's not God. He also talks about this in uh, Romans 13. That everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. All right, so the authority is given by God, whether it's um, by a wicked person or not. And again, he's talking about, this is written in a time when the Roman Empire is in that authority. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. And so in this, again, you have to wrestle with it. This is not like easy answers. Is there times 
to um, push back on government authority? Yes, there, there are times that, that you have to to do choose between God's um, perfect plan and and um, the, the government asking you to do something that's really wrong. But he says, in generality, we we need to be um, underneath the authority of another another view is is he says um, in another scripture, pray for your leaders, pray for them. Um, and, and again, I don't have all, all the time to talk. There, there is scripture after scripture. Um, and then we just look at Jesus. How did he deal with a wicked um, Roman empire? He, he walks in and he's under arrest. And, you know, he, he, Pilate's like, don't you know who I am? I have, the, I have the authority to kill you or not. He says, you have no authority except the, the authority given to you by God himself. And yet he submits himself, even though he didn't have to, to that trial, to that arrest, to that flogging, and then to the crucifixion. He he didn't have to, but he did. And so, again, I'm going quickly um, through this, but I want you really not to just listen to what I'm saying about how we look at the government in this this time, about whether we should be praying for, knowing that God's in control of, um, knowing that we need to be subject to them and um, be good citizens as best as we can. But we also, there's more scriptures and you have to just take the, uh, the whole of it and then put it on what's happening today and say, how then should I live in this moment? How then should I post in this moment? Because the other, the other thing that, okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of my thought process is, I don't want anything to get in the way of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the main thing I'm about um, as a pastor, as a leader, as a follower of him. And I know that politics does not rescue. Politics does not transform, but Jesus does. And therefore, I, I don't want to post politically because I don't want to get that to get in the way of someone who wants to know about the grace and the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I don't, I, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I am. I, I, I want you to vote. I want you to be part of, of this nation, but I want us to, to really develop a worldview of like, I am, I am an alien and stranger here. And I want to do all, I want to become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I may win some. And therefore, because I am his, he is my king. I'm a part of his kingdom. I'm, I'm a member of that family. I'm a member of that nation, the nation of God. Therefore, he is my real king, and I want him to be glorified. I want more and more people to come underneath his lordship and his reign and his goodness. And so that is my, if you want to say that I'm political, I'll be political on that end, that there's a kingdom of God that that is being offered that brings peace and joy and hope and healing to people's personal lives. And I want them to experience that. And so I limit even though I have thoughts, I have, I wrestle with things. I, I wrestle with what uh, some leaders are doing and, and, the, and the divide and the division. But I know I have a king that's greater. And so I hang on to him. And so we want to, we, we don't want to just talk about that way in politics. We want to, we want to walk every area of our life through this lens of what does the Bible say about it? That will build our biblical worldview to a place that will allow us to really see with a lens, with clarity.
And so uh, my, my challenge to you is get, take, take a topic, take, take something that you're wrestling with, take, take something that's personal, marriage or um, parenting, and start really studying the Word of God and see what does it say, how do I look at this very thing that we're facing right now, that you're facing right now, and maybe have a discussion with, with somebody. Um, have have a have a debate. Have a like a someone that you can bounce ideas off. This is what I think the Bible's saying about having a view of this very thing. So uh, I hope that helps you today. Um, I hope it's moving you from here to there that you can develop a biblical worldview that will transform the way you see all things that are happening around us. Have a great week. 